it's cold and yet uh, there's people out canvassing and I'm here with Councillor Keen O'Callaghan and he's going out canvassing. Can you tell me what do you think you're going to do for this area? Yeah, I mean, that's a good question. You know, what, what are we going to do for this area? So yeah. I think the point of going out canvassing really is, is partially to find out what people want want us to do. The two big things that are coming up, and there's a lot of different things coming up on the doorstep, but the two big things that are coming up in the constituency and in all, all of the areas in the constituency is concerns around housing supply and renting and rents going up and lack of social housing and lack of affordable options and lack of options for first-time buyers. So all the issues around that and homelessness. The other big issue that's coming up is a lot of concern around healthcare, in particular Beaumont Hospital, um, and not just the, the long waits in the emergency department and elderly people on chairs for up to a day sometimes before yeah. they get transferred to a trolley. I mean, it's quite... The media coverage talks about trolleys all the time, but actually... Yes. The real experience of elderly people in this constituency is chairs and a trolley if they're lucky, yeah. let alone a, a bed. So uh, those sort of concerns come up a lot. So what I obviously want to do is, you know, drive reform in those areas along with my colleagues in the Social Democrats. Yeah. And really we're trying to bring forward practical uh, solutions and proposals uh, ideas that can be implemented within existing uh, resource constraints, ideas that have worked in other countries and that we feel we can learn from and implement here. Yeah. Uh, so not just to you know raise criticism, I suppose, of the, the current failings in public services, but really to, to find solutions to them and to implement them. And that's ultimately what we want yeah. to do. Okay. And do you think that, you know, um, the current health crisis, like, really is born out of the whole economic situation or do you think it's been mismanagement by the present government or or do you think that you know the things should have been done better yeah you know i mean i think it's it's an issue of successive governments in ireland have really neglected the the health service and our whole model of of healthcare here and really the lack of deep-rooted reform over over several years has caused all these problems to back up in the healthcare system so we have very much have a situation where we're expending the same level of resources as a lot of our neighbouring countries but they have much better healthcare systems, they have much more up-to-date models, they invest much more in the primary care end of things which is more cost-effective and more convenient for people and then takes pressure off hospitals which is obviously an appropriate setting for some people who need need hospital care and specialist care so I, I mean I think yeah it's a lack of lack of interest really at a political level over several years. Now of course the the, the economy doesn't and the difficulty we have doesn't help that but it's not simply a question of the money that's been, been spent in healthcare um, pre the, the crash there was the level of spending in healthcare had quadrupled since the late 90s in Ireland and gone up to about 16 billion uh, per year and still uh, we had all sorts of difficulties in it so it's really about it's not just about how much you spend it's about how you organise those resources and I mean that's something that people are very much aware of as yeah. well and know on the doorsteps yes yeah and, and that's one of the things i find strange about this i mean the vast majority of people that i talk to actually understand the fundamental problems and what needs to be done to sort it out and they can't understand they know it's not easy to do but they can't understand why the political system isn't getting on with, with doing it right uh, and they know it will take time and they know it can't be done overnight and they know we'll meet some resistance from different quarters but that's what they they want i, I feel from the political system and what about, like you're talking about homelessness, how do you think that will be sorted out, uh, particularly in the short term, you know, where there's, we're hearing somewhere, something between 1,500 or 2,000 children 
uh, in bed sits in hospitals or in uh, hotels how do you think that that would be sorted out well I think firstly just to say that the, the homelessness crisis has been created really by a lot of long term policy decisions over years and the real solutions to it are going to have to be long term um, I mean the very fact that they stopped building the government stopped building social housing about 10 years ago has created a, a problem but also the lack of housing supply in general is exacerbating problems for families on low incomes because it's creating more pressure on the private rented sector so families on low incomes are competing with everybody else scrambling for a limited enough uh, pool of accommodation so there's two things that have to happen have to increase overall housing supply which will benefit everyone who's looking for accommodation but also people who are who are most vulnerable and then secondly we have to ensure a continued supply of social housing and other options affordable housing and long-term long-term secure renting like they have in other countries and again this isn't a lot of ways this isn't rocket science this is just what politics should be about which is planning ahead for our country's needs and something that we could improve on an awful lot uh, i feel in in ireland and i think that's what the expectation that people people have as well yeah i suppose yeah and and then also, I suppose the other thing would be from, a, I suppose you guys could actually hold the balance of power if there's a, 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 a hung doll or whatever, you know, the way the numbers are stacking up at the moment, if you're all elected, what would your shopping list be? Well, we're, we're policy driven. So, I mean, very fundamentally, the idea for, for us that if we uh, were in government and five years later, we hadn't made substantial progress in things like healthcare or performing it and improving it and housing supply, the idea that we participate in government and not not do that wouldn't be something that we'd contemplate. So, and not only in terms of housing and healthcare, really, you know, there's other things like putting in the childcare provision, affordable quality childcare would be very important to us, but also the actual political system itself and reforming it because we want long-term change in structures so that no matter who is elected to government or to the Doyle, that the institutional changes are in place to ensure better decision-making. Um, and to give you one, one example, uh, we have a situation um, with the current government where sometimes public resources are siphoned off to particular ministers' constituencies, and this is considered okay. And that simply would be a resigning offence in, in a lot of other European countries. What we should be doing here is we should be putting in place the structures whereby when a minister makes a decision, they have to publish what was the criteria for that decision, what evidence was it drawn on, was it with the advice of their civil servants or any experts? Was it against the advice of the experts, civil servants uh, and the criteria? And that way, when things go wrong, we can see clearly who is responsible for it. And it also raises the quality of your decision making and the responsibility and puts in place accountability. And I think will eliminate this problem that we have where uh, resources, all of our resources get siphoned off into one area or another on no particular, at the expense of everyone else, at no particular uh, case or, or merit. And I, I, you know, I want to see us getting s- serious about how we, we govern ourselves. So that's, that's kind of yeah. a transparency issue for, for, yeah, for you? Yeah, 100%, yeah, because we put those structures in, in place and in, for future decision making that, that puts us in good stead, as well as uh, major reform in areas like healthcare and housing. So the kind of business as usual that this government has been doing same old style of politics that people really voted for a change change from in 2011 you know we're not interested in that same old uh, style of politics we really want to see a much more serious new newer version really based on good practice making decisions based on on evidence and what works 
Right. Okay. So that kind of one, they would be your kind of red line issues going forward that you would want to know exactly and and have a a change really in the structure of of the way government do does business. Then, um, you know. yeah. I mean, what we have effectively at the moment is a is a lame duck doyle where TDs are voted in and they rubber stamp government decisions if they're a government platform. There's very little input into it. They're told what way to vote. And it's a, quite an expensive system to have, just to have paying people all that resources just to effectively push buttons and then they do their constituency work or, or you know, they do do useful roles as well. But, uh, you know, we need a parliament that is actually where everyone who gets elected can, can play a constructive role in terms of input into legislation and where they can work together to try and find solutions to the problems that we have. That's why we should have a parliament. Uh, we have, our current structures really mean that the government call all the shots. And we have a ridiculous situation where if an opposition party produces a good piece of legislation or a good amendment to a legislation, the government automatically voted down, no matter how good it is, even to the point where if it's an amendment to legislation, let's say spotting a flaw or whatever, the government will vote it down and then they write their own version. They actually plagiarise it in full, but just so the opposition can never have passed an amendment to any of their legislation. Right. I mean, that's ridiculous yeah. stuff. It's okay. time-wasting. And it's just not, you know, it's an old style of politics. It's not really a mature way of doing things. And we we want to see a mature uh, level of discourse and, and input in, in our parliament. We don't want the kind of pantomime politics of back and forth between the opposition and government, uh, which really just doesn't get us anywhere. We're about constructive solutions. And that's, I think that's what people are expecting and, and looking for and really, you know, won't countenance anything less than that. Okay. Can I just ask you, the, the hot topic at the moment is around the Special Criminal Court. What's your party's position on the Special Criminal Court? Yeah, our, our position on the Special Criminal Court is that, you know, of course, in an ideal world, you wouldn't need those kind of structures and institutions. But when you have a situation like you currently have with gangland, uh, crime and you have potential intimidation of uh, witnesses and jurors that you couldn't possibly uh, countenance the situation where they're put at risk and intimidated. So we'd obviously love to move towards a situation where we didn't have those sorts of threats uh, like from gangland crime and then you wouldn't need a, a special criminal court. Uh, but once once those threats are in place uh, we obviously see the, the, the need for that. You have to protect okay. jurors so and witnesses. In the current, current context, absolutely. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. okay. And then of course there's the whole USC issue. You know, different parties coming out with all, you know, saying you don't have to pay your USC or it'll d- disappear up to a, you know, 70,000 or 80,000 figure. Um, and then the government coming out and saying, well, they'll cap anybody over 100,000 with another 5%. How would you see stuff like that working out? Yeah, I mean, I think everyone and all the different parties would love to see as little uh, tax as possible if you if you were able to do that. But there's there's two things. I mean, firstly, a lot of our public services like healthcare, housing supply are very run down at the moment. So for us, it's a prioritisation to actually fix some of those. Uh, and then secondly, we simply don't know what the financial uh, wherewithal of the next government's going to be. You can't predict what it's going to be like in a year's time, two years' time. So we feel parties making promises to cut uh, billions in, in effective, effectively in taxes are, are, could well be promises they'll end up having to break. Uh, so certainly the financial situation at the moment, the economic situation internationally is very precarious and there's a lot of global shocks and certainly the media coverage outside of Ireland at the moment is there's a lot of worry about what's what's happening in areas like China and that, that, the impact that's going to have on other economies. So, I mean, simply, you know, promising tax cuts 
for next year and the year after and the year after. Uh, I mean, if they have a crystal ball, f fair enough. But last I knew, <laughs> wonderful that all yeah, the, exactly. these different parties okay. and TDs are, they don't have a, a crystal yeah. ball. And I, I, I think that's irresponsible. Right, okay. Well, I suppose that's, especially as, as you're saying, when we see uh, all the different reports coming in globally of, you know, stock markets going down and stuff like that. So that that's where, where, where as you're, you know, as you're saying that, politicians don't have a crystal ball we don't know what's going to happen in four years time and this this famous fiscal space of all this eight well we're not sure whether it's three to to 12 billion euros um seems to be bandied about you know so so basically what you're saying is you'd have to wait and get in and see what the figures are and not make what you're saying uh, as irrational promises yes and, and budgetary decisions need to be make it made at budget time based on what resources are available and what demands there there are and projecting forward for several years like that, um, I, I think they're going to be they're going to be found out badly on that. Um, and certainly the different projections that you, m you may recall in the 2007 uh, general election, a number of the parties were promising uh, tax cuts, and within unfortunately within a year uh, they were not, not only were they not delivering on those tax cuts anymore, they were actually increasing taxes and, and charges and making cuts in a whole range of services and yet they were making these solemn commitments in 2007 of reducing taxes and it all turned out to be nonsense. So I think people have been through that um, and really aren't kind of interested in those kind of, they know that, uh, that that's what some of the parties do at election time and they're much more interested in seeing what the ideas are of the different parties, where parties would like to go, what their vision is. Uh, for investment in society and for economic development and I think they realise that you know firm commitments of what can and cannot be done in terms of things like tax cuts aren't aren't realistic and can't necessarily be held to. Okay and of course the other one that everybody's been you know chatting about and has been coming up on a lot of uh, the programmes on Near FM is around water charges. What, what, what do you see as the, the issue or is there an issue with Irish water or what's your solution? There's a number of things that need to be done on, on water. So, for example, in terms of water conservation, there's a range of measures that can be introduced. Uh, and not least, a lot of those are in the planning system to encourage, you know, rainwater harvesting and all these different different measures to reduce uh, household consumption, even though, of course, household consumption is a very small part of our, our overall water use. And uh, there's a lot that needs to be done in terms of investment in water infrastructure and wastewater infrastructure. And I feel that... The way to do that is really through development uh, levies of when new housing is built, that already a proportion of that goes towards water infrastructure. But I feel that because we're behind in our infrastructure, that we could increase the proportion going to water and wastewater infrastructure for about the next 10 years until we catch up to the level where we need to be. The government TDs talk about this. They talk. Yeah, <laughs> they say things like that we need, um, you know, that Irish water and the charges has meant more investment into the infrastructure. That's simply not true. There isn't an extra cent into the infrastructure since the water charges have come in place, they talk about things like up in you know Rush connecting that to the uh, wastewater treatment plant in Portran, and I can tell you before Irish Water was ever talked about or dreamt about, that was all in the planning process that has been for for years. So uh, there are ways to invest in water infrastructure without the charging system. The charging system itself isn't producing extra revenue for the infrastructure; it's simply paying for the bureaucracy of Irish Water. So I, I would feel that's not the way to go, and. You know, the water charges themselves are particularly hitting people on low incomes and fixed fixed low incomes and pensioners and it's an extra charge on top of everything else that they are having difficulty meeting. Okay. Yeah. Um well look 
can I just wish you good, very, the very best of luck with your campaign? As I say to all the the, the candidates I interview, it doesn't mean I, you know, kind of. of <laughs> I favour anybody. Uh, can I wish you all the very best going out in the rain here this evening? And good luck to you and your team as you go around campaigning. Thank you very much. Okay. Cheers. Thanks very much.